Hello and welcome back to BTA Charity Voices Podcast. Today in our conversation, we are going to be chatting to somebody who brings a different angle to the work that BTA do. I'll be chatting with Rebecca Tengrove of University of Dundee, where she is the Director of External Relations. And I think it's a huge part of the work I know that BTA does, recruiting within education establishments. But it's also a bit of an area where you can have movement between the third sector and education. So I thought this would be a really interesting conversation for those thinking about how do you go into education as potentially someone who's already in the third sector and it would give you real insights into that. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Well, thanks very much, Anne. I'm really looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, and I think it was really interesting and we've chatted before about was this the right conversation to be having on the podcast? And I certainly know from a BTA point of view that they do recruitment within the higher education sector and therefore it is of interest to the audience. And I think probably somebody who's worked in the third sector for a long time, I see jobs advertised in education and I think, hmm, how does that work? What does that feel like? I've never I've never went for any, but I've always been quite intrigued by it. So tell us a bit about your career and how you've ended up in the higher education sector. Sure. Well, I mean, my, my career trajectory has definitely not been linear. Mm-hmm. So I joined higher education uh, only about eight years ago, and I really had a very varied background before that. And I think that speaks to exactly the question you asked, Dan, that I think what a lot of us do throughout our career is acquire skills that are eminently transferable from one sector to another. And I think I'm quite a good example of that. So throughout my career, I've worked in both the public and the private sector. I've worked for small companies. I've worked for large companies, you know, everything from startups to FTSE 100 companies. I've worked for a whole range of different sectors from medical equipment to clean energy and obviously now coming into the higher education sector. So um, I guess in a nutshell, I I started off working in, in export sales for a FTSE 100 company. That then took me into trade development, uh, working in the public sector, because I've done a lot of work in Russia. Russian was my first degree. And then I guess during those first sort of 10, 15 years of my career, I was acquiring other skills. I also did a part-time MBA, which particularly um, gave me more skills, I guess, in in marketing. And then I kind of switched more into marketing um, into the private sector. And that then branched out also into comms, into um, public affairs. And then when I left my last job, um, having been made redundant following a company takeover, that was really a good opportunity to stop and think, okay, what do I want to do? And I'd always been interested in working in, in higher education. I think what we do in universities is immensely powerful because effectively, we're transforming lives. Yeah. You know, we're changing the lives of the students who come to study at the university, giving them opportunities to go off and change the world themselves. But also the research that we carry out in universities changes society. Um, and particularly given the world we're living in now, that is a really powerful thing to be part of. So I'd always been interested in universities. Throughout my career, a lot of the work I'd done in different sectors had had brought me into contact with universities. And I was really looking around for, well, what could I potentially do? And then the job came up at Dundee and I looked at it and thought, gosh, that really plays on a lot of the things that I think I can bring. Um, That looks like the ideal opportunity for me. And um, so I I got it and I have absolutely loved the job and it's changed quite a lot. Things always do, Mm -hmm. but it's immensely rewarding. So I think in a nutshell, you know, it's definitely a sector that people can come into and most people will have acquired skills that they can then use 
and to very positive effect in higher education. Yeah, and I mean, when I listen to some of the people I've interviewed on this podcast, you included Rebecca, I think, other people have done so much and I've just stayed in the one sector for 25 years. It's, it's always interesting to hear how other people's careers have gone. But that crossover that we chatted about a couple of weeks ago that comes between the third sector and the, the HE sector, where do you think that is most apparent and strongest? Yeah, good question. So I would say probably the area where there's the strongest link is uh, around development, fundraising, to a certain extent, alumni relations and also marketing. Because essentially what we're doing in those areas within a university falls into, I guess, two particular, well, it's really all fundamentally about relationship building. Mm -hmm. And so what we are doing, particularly on the student recruitment side, is we're developing relationships with prospective students. Uh, and so the skills that people will have acquired in the third sector around around that sort of um, mass relationship building, if you like, are very applicable to, to marketing in, a, in an HE context. But also fundraising. You know, universities are, are charities and we, we need to look for external sources of funding to support what we do, particularly in, in areas of research. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the University of Dundee, just to pick a few things, uh, we carry out research into Parkinson's disease, yeah. into cancer, into a whole range of different healthcare um, issues, and of course, all the other research that goes on into things like sustainability. And we need external funding for that. So people who have worked in charities, you know, that are, that are fundraising, have absolutely got skills that can be parlayed into the HE sector. Yeah, and it's got a similar a similar feel, hasn't it, there? You're talking about all the research you do, and when you're in the, the charity sector, you're very much about how can we make society better? That's what charities do, isn't it? And therefore, absolutely right. We're yeah. on the same page, really, aren't we? That's absolutely correct, Anne. And in fact, it speaks really very powerfully to our fundamental mission at the University of Dundee is to transform lives Mm -hmm. through basically through creating and sharing knowledge. And we are really driven by a sense of social purpose. And that is very, very similar to the to the third sector. Uh, And so people coming from charities will find that sense of I guess, mission, something that's that's very familiar to them. And it's something that I think really drives a lot of us uh, working in the university, that, you know, wherever you are in the university, whether you are an academic, you're teaching students, you're carrying out research, whether you're supporting all that, you're bringing students to the university, it's something that I think for lots of, lots of us is, is very real. And, yeah. you know, we really feel we are contributing positively to society. And that's immensely motivating. Uh-huh, it really is. And I think there's something interesting about, I've always worked for uh, third sector organisations and therefore... When I put in the the sometimes blood, sweat and tears, when I go the extra mile, it is not for the betterment of someone's bank account. It is for the betterment of society. And so I can always rationalise that in my head and I'm very grateful that that has been my career. Do you have a feeling of that working in education and also considering that you've worked in so many other sectors too? Yes, definitely. So I have absolutely worked for organisations where it's been about returning money to to shareholders. Mm-hmm. And this is very different. Yeah. You know, this is absolutely about making society better. So while the work that my directorate does, does help the university financially and, and hopefully creates a surplus, that surplus can then be reinvested in, you know, facilities for students, facilities for research, ways in which we can work better with local communities to serve them. So it is very much that sense of social purpose that mm-hmm. is core to what we do. 
And as someone who's come through that career, is it refreshing to all of a sudden, well, for the last eight years anyway, be driven by social purpose, be all about transforming lives? Does that motivate you differently? And uh, Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely does. Because you really feel that you're you're part of contributing something something bigger. And of course, you know, don't get me wrong, um, having worked in companies that, that are driven by um, increasing shareholder value, they're also doing other things as well, yeah. benefit society more widely. So, you know, I, I mentioned I worked for a medical equipment company, we made uh, incubators for premature babies. When I worked in the energy sector, it was about developing new, new methods of, of clean transport. So, so those are all also contributing to society. But I think there is something about working for an organisation that has social purpose at, at its heart, and very explicitly saying that, that, that is motivating. And I think also it, it drives collaboration in a slightly different way. So the HE sector is very collaborative. You know, to an extent we are competing for, for students, but it's, but within both Scotland and within the rest of the UK, it's a sector that does work well together. Uh, and we do um, we do collaborate to, you know, for the, for the betterment of all. And that's also, I think, quite motivating. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that, I mean, you're saying that everything you've done has always been about contributing to society. Do you think that was by accident or by design on your part? Oh, accident. Mm. <laughs> I have never had um, a plan right throughout my career of what I wanted to do, what I wanted to achieve when, none of that. Mm-hmm. My my approach to my career has been, you know, when I started off as a, as a graduate, my motivation initially was I wanted to use my, my Russian degree. Mm-hmm. How can I do that? And then since then, it's about, OK, what's an interesting opportunity Let's take that up and let's see where that goes, um, which is why my, I think partly why my career has not been a straight line. It's, it's taken me in various different places because it's been motivated by op- taking opportunities and I guess also by, by curiosity. Yeah, and I think I'm loving what you were saying there about collaboration too because it, it's, it's refreshing, isn't it, to know that, that third sector organisations or higher education sector organisations do have that collaboration. I think sometimes there can be a perception from outside that if you are not work in business and driven by the almighty pound, that the collaboration and moving fast and that isn't is important. But you feel as if it, it certainly is where you are, yeah. Yeah, it definitely. And, you know, universities collaborate with each other, but universities also collaborate with with businesses mm-hmm. uh, and with partners in the UK and, you know, and overseas. And again, you know, businesses are very important to us because they are one of the means by which we share the knowledge that is created in, in universities. Yeah. So, you know, I have academic colleagues who will be working on um, new ways of doing things. And, that's interesting in themselves, but it's only really going to benefit society if there's a way of getting that out to the people who can use those. And usually that is going to be through commercial partners. And that, that then, of course, um, creates stronger companies. It creates opportunities for our graduates to, to have employment. So it it's a really it's it's a virtuous circle. And and universities, I would say, they are very much not ivory towers. You know, mm-hmm. we really do have a very strong sense of, of mission about making sure that the knowledge that is generated is shared for that ultimate um, improvement of society. And that means working with commercial partners because they are the vehicles to help do that. Yeah. And again, that's an area where I think Dundee has a really strong track record. You know, we have a really good record of working with industry for the benefit of both. 
And as I said, that then creates opportunities for, for graduates as well. Yeah. And so in your role of Director of External Relations, that is the kind of role that you could see somebody from the third sector moving into, isn't it? If that has also been their role in the charity sector. So what, what does your job actually entail? So it's very varied, which is one of the reasons I like it. Mm. So external relations at Dundee really, I guess, does three big things. Mm -hmm. So part of it is about ensuring that we manage our reputation effectively. So through communications, through public affairs, sharing what the university does. And that's really reaching, I guess, a number of different audiences. But one of the biggest, and this is, I guess, what a large part of our directorate does, is around student recruitment. So my directorate is responsible for bringing students to the university. So explaining to people what the opportunities are and and also giving them a sense of whether it's the right university for them. Because universities are quite different and Dundee won't suit everybody. But what we want to do is give them a sense of what it's like being at the university and enable them to make an informed choice. So that's the second big thing we do, student recruitment. And then the third thing really is around development and philanthropy and working um, with our alumni as well. So we have, I think, um, around about 90,000 alumni worldwide Mm -hmm. and they tend to be the most passionate advocates for the university because they've really benefited from that so we want to keep in touch with them they um you know they are people who really can spread our message and so so my department also looks after them and then not just with alumni but with other potential donors as well looks at how we can raise funds to support the work that goes on in the university whether that's supporting student hardship or whether it's uh, development of new buildings or or supporting the research that goes on so those are the three big things that that our directorate does so it's really quite varied and as i said keeps the job very interesting perfect So, Rebecca, when you look back at that very varied career, what are you most proud of? That's a really good question, Anne. I think there's a, there's a few things. So I, I've i really enjoyed the variety that that's given me. And there have been some big wins along the way. So, you know, going back about 25 years, I worked with AG Bar to help get Iron Brew into Russia. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> they set up a factory in Moscow. Sadly, it was closed earlier this year for obvious reasons. But that, that was a big win, you know, taking a Scottish iconic product over to to Russia. In my current role, a couple of years ago, we won marketing HE, Higher Education Marketing Team of the Year, you know, and there's about 140 universities in the UK. So that was a very proud moment. But actually, I think what I'm really proudest of is looking at the people I have, who've, who've worked for me and who who've I've, who I've helped, whose careers I've, I've perhaps had some in, input into nurturing and seeing them progress. Because at various stages of my career, people have helped me and it's really good to be able to pass that on. Yeah. And, you know, people have given me advice right throughout my career from, from when I started. And hopefully I've learned something over the last 30 years and it's really good to be able to share that and then see people in my teams progressing whether they progress in our team or whether they go on to do something else that is really really rewarding yeah and when you look at the best piece of advice you've been given in your career can you contemplate what that would be again going back to I think it was one of my I think it's my second job quite early on in my career before I was in a managerial position I remember my manager saying to me at the time you know as you progress Rebecca and as you're appointing people never be afraid to recruit people who are more capable than you Mm. because you will learn from them and they will bring a lot to you. And 
you you know, when I got to the stage of starting to recruit people, that was in my mind. And I think that's been a really sound piece of advice. And, you know, within the team I have now, I have got lots of people whose technical skills in various different areas are far superior to mine. And they all bring a lot to the team. And I learn from them, which is really good. So that's that was a really good piece of advice. Great. And what about the piece of advice that you would give to others? A few things, I think. I would say it's really important to be focused on deliverables. Mm. So, you know, we want to enjoy our jobs. Of course we do. And one of the great things about a university is there's so much going on and there are so many ways in which we can add value. Equally, one of the frustrating things about working in a university is there's so much going on and there are so many ways to add value and we can't do everything. Mm -hmm. So certainly in my current role, I'm always saying to the team, don't try and do everything. Focus on a few things where we can really add value, deliver those, and then let's build on that. Mm -hmm. So I think being focused on outcomes and deliverables and being quite clear about what you have done to contribute to that is is really important. Um, And then I think the other thing is always be learning. You know, Mm. um, everything changes. We're moving in a world, we're living in a world which is changing so fast. I mean, even just thinking about what's happened in the last week. Um, And so you can't stand still. So you've always got to be thinking, okay, just because we did something before, that's not necessarily the right way to do it. What can I learn how can I look at doing things differently and working with others to learn from them and, and contribute to that? Yeah. So that always be learning, I think, is also really important. I think the deliverables one is really important for me too, actually, because when I start a piece of work with any organisation as a freelancer, so I do that much more often than somebody who's in a job, perhaps, but it's always like, where do you want us to go? And then I can work out the map for us to get there. But if you don't tell me where you want to go, then I'm really struggling with how we're going to do this piece of work. And so I really think being very clear on what is it you want to achieve is super helpful in any job, really, isn't it? Well, it is. And I think where it also really comes into play is when you're thinking about moving jobs. Uh Um, Because one thing in, in the role I'm doing now, I have seen literally hundreds of CVs in the last eight years. And I would say 80% of them are really pretty poorly put together. Mm. And a really common mistake that people make is they put down on their CV what they are responsible for. And frankly, I don't care what you're responsible for. I want to see what you have delivered. Ah. And so another piece of careers advice I say I would say this is that I, I do hand out quite willingly is not to keep your CV refreshed that is important but actually what I do is I have a document on which I call it's probably a bit naff I call it key achievements and I kind of try and refresh it every six months or so and I just keep a note of things I have done and I try and group them into categories that are relevant to, to me so you know in previous jobs I might have had a chunk that was about comms I might about marketing a bit about public affairs and so on and I just put in things that I have done in that time and then I refresh fresh that as I said every six months or so yeah and the reason I do that is because a it's very easy to forget what you've done yeah b it's actually quite a good thing to sit down because then you realize you know in your day-to-day job you know things can be really busy and you can get a bit bogged down with things so if you sit back and look at what you've done over the last few months you're often quite surprised Mm -hmm. and it's actually quite a positive thing to do yeah but it also means that when you come to update your cv you've then got all the material you need And you've got it in categories. And this takes me back to this whole thing about transferable skills. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're looking at making a switch from one sector to another, I'm quite sure that most people will have skills that that could easily be used in a different sector, but they haven't necessarily thought about them because people tend to think 
about the things they have done in a job. Whereas if you've got a document like this, you can say, okay, well, here's a job I want to go for. Oh, you know, they're looking for these 10 skills. Well, I think I can demonstrate I've got at least six of them. So then it helps you construct your CV in a way that's then relevant for the job that you're going for. And that makes it a much more compelling CV to the people who read it. So when you do look back in all those teams that you've been a part of, Rebecca, what do you think is the thing that makes a team so good? I think there's a number of elements to that, Anne. I think the first is clarity of purpose, you know, mm. being clear that you've all got the same objective, that everybody knows what that objective is, and that you're all working towards that. So that, I think, is the number one thing that, that really matters. Um, I think also recognition that everybody in the team has their own part to play. So different people bring different skills, different experience, and it's that collaboration between the whole that makes the whole team work well. I think commitment is really important. So having a team that really believes in what they're doing, and I think that's where organisational purposes, mission statements actually matter if people can get behind that. And then I think a couple of other things that I think are really important. And one is that that I think we've really seen in spades over the last couple of years is compassion, kindness. You know, Mm -hmm. people have gone through a lot of really difficult things over the last couple of years. And that ability to recognise what others are going through, cut them a bit of slack, support each other, I think is is really important. And that's the essence of a good team as well. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing is celebrating, you know, celebrating success. Mm -hmm. A team that can look back with pride on what they've done and can go out, recognise that, celebrate together that that really I think make, makes a difference and teams that that recognize each other and celebrate their own success are ones that tend to do well yeah and the ones that we want to be a part of and I think that's so important when you think of the cost of recruitment alone that you can create a team that people want to be a part of then that will pay dividends for everyone in the ab- team yeah, it, it absolutely does. And we've we've seen that ourselves in the past, you know, when um, when we won our, our marketing awards, when we were going out to recruit for, for the marketing team, people looked at that, they saw that and thought, OK, yeah, there's a team I'd like to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right that those yeah. things matter. And we are actually recruiting at the moment. We're recruiting for a number of positions across external relations. So, you know, if anybody is listening to this and thinking, hmm, I've got skills that I could transfer into higher education then please have a look at our our jobs page and see if any of those jobs might be ones that that would attract you. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Rebecca, and sharing all your your career and your wisdom. Well, uh, thanks very much, Anne. I've I've really enjoyed it. And and I hope it's given people a bit of insight into, you know, the the fun and and excitement of working for a university. And hopefully it might help them think about that as a possible career move. Yeah, perfect. Thanks so much. Great. Thanks very much.